This is the Sexual Alchemy Podcast for men who want to discover and embrace profound confidence, intimacy, pleasure, and connection. I'm Rebecca Lowry, and I invite you to explore who you really are as a confident, sexual, and sensual man. Whether you're dealing with specific sexual issues or you just know there's more to it than you've experienced so far, this is a safe space for you to learn, grow, and expand your erotic potential and possibilities. Hey, before we get into the show, I just wanted to invite you to the Festival of Sexuality. It's happening online April 7th to the 10th, 2022, and we have a fabulous lineup of world-class sexuality educators and facilitators. Sign up for free on my website or in the show notes below. Okay, on with the show. Hello, and welcome to the Sexual Alchemy Podcast. I have an awesome guest for you today. Her name is Kelly Gordon, and she is the head of creative at the sex toy brand Hot Octopus, who is one of our sponsors for the Festival of Sexuality. Kelly is a 32-year-old entrepreneur and consultant, and she has something called spinal muscular atrophy type 3, which is a genetic disability and means that she uses an electric wheelchair to get around. She has two young sons and a loving, supportive husband. From a young age, she was outspoken and never let anyone dictate what her disability meant or allowed her to do. And this has seen her through all of her life, putting her through lots of trouble and fun, and now coming out as uh, a person who advocates for people with disabilities, and especially around people with disabilities finding and claiming their right to pleasure and to a sex life. So come have a listen. Today, I have an awesome guest for you. I'm very excited for you to meet her. Her name is Kelly Gordon. Kelly, welcome. Hi. Hi, everyone. How are you today? You're okay? I'm so happy to talk to you. Would you introduce yourself? Of course. Yeah, of course. So my name is Kelly Gordon. I'm a 33-year-old. I keep saying 32 because I was only 33 on Friday. (laughs) Wheelchair user um, from the UK, from the West Midlands. I'm a mum of two. I'm a multiple business owner and I'm also head of creative for Octopus. So busy life over here. (laughs) Very busy. And obviously we met and got into contact through Hot Octopus. So we'll talk about that a little bit in a minute. Uh Um, And you're also going to be one of our presenters for the Festival of Sexuality, which I'm very excited about. So Uh I want to learn more about you and all of the things that you do, because I know you speak about and are an advocate for sex and disability. And -hmm. obviously you work for a sex toy company, but you also have other businesses. So tell us a little bit more about you. Like what lights you up? What are you passionate about? Oh gosh. You know what? It's so cliche to say work um but I so am um well you can tell that just by the amount of work that I do um so like I said I'm a multiple business owner but also I'm just constantly thinking of new ideas if somebody asks me to collaborate I can never say no um <laughs> I just get excited by like being creative and making things happen like my role at Hot this now is so creative led and it's just the perfect role for me I love branding I love working with people 
I love partnerships and obviously I'm a mom as well so I love my boys I've got two boys they're both under five so it's a bit hectic so one's four and a half and one's 21 months now so almost two and it's just it's it's great it's it's lovely now seeing how old they are and how they're starting to understand things and the relationship we have and I've got a lovely partner as well so love my home life love my work life but yeah I think I'm in a bit of that pandemic bubble at the moment where I just don't want to go anywhere which is awful and I'm trying to get out of that at the moment <laughs> I'm the same I'm such a hermit these days don't don't go anywhere unless I make myself so I get it I totally get it tell me how did you come to be working at a sex toy company oh gosh it's, it's quite a long story and natural progression I guess so I started working with Octopus probably around three and a half years ago now, maybe even more than that as a writer. So I always had this kind of internal battle in myself because I was a big corporate and I worked in the football industry. I always worried about talking too much about sex. And also I had an agent at the time and she was very much like, if you talk about sex, even though you want to, you're really going to jeopardize other opportunities for yourself in terms of like presenting and I auditioned at the time for a role as a a children's tv presenter and she was like there's no way you can like run these things side by side and you know it was huge for me because it always made me like second guess myself and the fact that my family are just not particularly that open either like they don't really see sex as something that should be discussed outside like you know your relationship or you know as a joke with friends but you know you don't go publicly and talk about masturbation that's like a no-go so yeah I had this like internal battle and then Heart Octopus were doing um they were looking for disabled sex toy testers to look at some of their earlier models but also writers so I wrote a piece just about like my life and I don't know what was going on with me that day, but I just thought I'm going to be so honest and open about my experiences like a disabled teen and, you know, like my sexuality, how I felt, like even bad things that were said to me, like it was completely like laid bare. Um, And after doing that, like I got so much more, you know, so many companies approaching me, people wanting to work with me to talk about my experiences as a disabled person growing up and feeling sexual. So it was really exciting to see that people were willing to embrace that. And so from there, like I just kind of kept writing, kept looking at different products. And then I spoke to Jules, the co-founder, because I absolutely love like Jules and how strong she is as a female founder but also how open she is to inclusivity and we just we had a meeting about me coming on board and collaborating and talking about inclusivity and really helping the brand like embrace that and that was probably I'm gonna say like two years ago maybe I feel like the time is just not a thing at the moment and then I just worked at the company um I'm one of these people like I said I absolutely love work so once I was in that door, I was like, well, how does this work? What does this do? So I think that they were just like, oh, God, Kelly just needs to have this job as head of creative because she won't shut up and stop asking questions. <laughs> um, but no, I absolutely love it. And I think it's, you know, one of the only brands I've ever worked with and collaborated with that I'm so aligned with the brand values. They're like second nature to me um, in terms of the company having like a rebellious nature, trying to look out for the underdog. And, you know, that that's just me through and through. So it's just a perfect fit. No wonder we get on so well. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> and yeah, and I love too that a sex toy brand is open about inclusivity. Because I think you and I talked off the recording before the recording, and maybe the last time we spoke about, you know, I worked for 15 years at a charity for people with disability doing complementary therapies, massage and healing and energy healing and everything. But you could not bring up sexuality. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's like sexuality, as you say, there's a whole taboo around talking about sex at all. And then same with disability in some areas, right? And then put yeah. the two together. Oh my God, you couldn't possibly talk about sex and disability in the same conversation. Mm-hmm. That's when I came across is it Tuppy Owens that does? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was the first time I was like, okay, there isn't, there is an open conversation about this going on. And now you are kind of bringing something to that work as well, right? Lighting a fire under being an advocate. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, I'm only really talking from my own experience. And I think though, because I am willing to be so honest and put myself out there and talk about things at the time that were like super hurtful, or things that, you know, maybe even cause trauma, it's important because it helps people if they've had a similar situation or maybe they're worried about getting into a relationship or having sex because of those reasons. Like maybe what I'm talking about is like their biggest fear. It kind of shows that it's not actually that bad. Life goes on, like put yourself out there, take risks, obviously be safe. Like that's one thing that I say now all the time is be safe because, you know, the more you learn, and I'm like an avid fan of true crime podcasts. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So like me thinking back on my teenage years to how, how many dangerous situations I put myself in, how many times like I got out of my chair without being able to get back into it. And, you know, anything could happen. Right. But at the time when you're a teenager looking to be impressive or looking to like show that you don't care about your disability or whatever, it's different. But now you look back as an adult and you're like, oh my God, I could have been abducted. I could have died. Like anything could have happened. Oh my God. So for sure, explore your sexuality, but be safe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And just, I think for me, like utilizing PAs is huge. I know it's hard because not everybody has access to PAs, but if you're anything like I was when I was young, you you refuse PAs because you didn't want that person following you around or, you know, telling you what to do. But it's kind of not like that now. I think the world of care has come so far, especially like care when it, it's one-on-one care instead of like community care. You're able to oftentimes select your own uh, PA and you're really able to kind of talk about what you want from a PA, what your boundaries are. Like for me, it was difficult to start because obviously I've got children as well. So there's a lot to think about, like how you want them to act if they come with you to a business meeting, how they want you want them to be with their kids and things like that. For people who don't know, what's a PA? Yeah, so a PA is like, it's essentially a carer. But we call them PAs, or personal assistants or personal care assistants. So basically, yeah, it's, it's somebody that in the UK, at least, you can apply for funding for a PA if you are disabled and, you know, you struggle with certain things. For example, you know, for me, especially when my kids were younger, it was things like picking my kids up off the floor, like if they got hurt and stuff. Like with Mason now, he's obviously four, so he does everything with me. And, you know, he knows, yeah, I'm a footplates. Like, so we'll stand on my footplates and we'll go walking or he will, you know, he knows everything. Like I'll say to him, oh, can you reach that? You just need to get on your step and do this. You know, it's easy when they can take direction. 
but like when they were younger, oh my gosh, it was it was hard, and it still is with Hunter really hard because he's at that stage now where he'll hurt himself twenty four seven, but he can't understand direction. So it's definitely hard. And then for like things like you know going out and about, helping you on and off trains, helping you in and out the car, like there's tons of things that PIs can be used for around the home, like help with household duties and stuff like that. But like I said, I always was worried about that. I think because as well. The government and, you know, society as a whole really put a worry into disabled people about, you know, a lot of disabled people rely on benefits. And then, you know, if they get a PAs, uh, that can affect benefits. But then also like with work in general, things like that. Like I've got a lot of friends that I work with that are scared to get married, to work too much in case they get penalised and they lose their care. Like it's a really tough thing for disabled people. And then if you come across as too disabled, you get threatened with care homes. And like that happened to me. It was horrendous. Like I just come out of a long term marriage and I was in a bad spot. I don't want to talk too much about that, but I needed to come away from my marriage. And basically the woman that came from the government, she told me that if I wasn't able to look after my own son independently, I'd be put into a an adult care home and then they'd involve social services, which was actually completely inaccurate. And it was threatening to try and get me to admit things that I could do or say I could do things that I couldn't do just to get her out the door and then obviously agree to a lower package than what I needed and so it was a tactic essentially to get me to give up on the whole idea of pursuing care but luckily I work with a care company that are great advocates and and they actually uh, reported that person for what they said yeah so it's yeah it's a minefield complete minefield for disabled people at the moment it is and you're managing so much you know obviously you've got your relationship and your kids we've got a context of of COVID and war and madness in the world Uh work so many things you know you've got your own businesses and hot octopus and I know like I see you on social media a lot doing really amazing stuff talking about hot octopus talking about sex toys and inclusivity and diversity and all of that so you know you've got a lot on your plate (laughs) yeah definitely a lot on my plate but I did have a week off last week and I hated it like I loved it because it was nice to relax but I was bored I was cleaning my kitchen like who does that on their week off I was I spent two hours Mm. in my kitchen cleaning emptying my kettle out and cleaning my kettle and clear like if I was just like god you really need to get a life (laughs) so funny I've got a couple more questions before Mm -hmm. we bring this to a close. And one is about your journey as a sexual being. So Mm -hmm. I know that you talk a lot um, in your advocacy about your youth as a disabled person, all of that. How was it when you came into, you know, puberty and sexual feelings and, you know, discovering who am I as a sexual being and navigating all of that? Yeah, like I was... I was in that sort of stage where I was around where the, where chat rooms and the internet kind of surfaced up in the first place. So I was, I'd say like 13, 14, when I started really feeling sexual, liking boys. I mean, that's quite early, but yeah, I used to pursue people online and chat. Like <laughs> The thing is that I loved about online when I was a young disabled teenager was that you could choose what you put out there so I I never used anyone else's pictures like I was always confident I was you know confident in the way that I looked confident in the way that I sort of 
dressed and carried myself or whatever. But what I wasn't confident about was being a wheelchair user. And that wasn't because I, I kind of had this discussion yesterday on a, on a podcast, actually, where I kind of came to this realization myself. But I was always like super overconfident until I was like 11 or 12 and I went to high school. When I went to high school, I was still kind of pursuing relationships, sex, feeling like you know feeling confident but then it wasn't until people said things to me that made me feel not confident so for example there was a boy that I was seeing and he was getting bullied for dating me and like that just I was just I was confused by the whole thing but then also it gave me the for the first time in my life it gave me that kind of perspective that you know oh god somebody might not want to date me because I'm a wheelchair user or might not want to have sex with me because I'm a wheelchair user and so then from then I was really worried about disclosing that fact but honestly I did a lot of my I guess sexual learning and things online just chatting to everyone just experimenting I guess there was people that I met from that stage and believe it or not some people I didn't even disclose my disability to and even when I met them like I would just try my best to manage because I wasn't I could walk a little bit then as well when I say walk it wasn't like you know an amazing walk it was just my own way of doing things but I just didn't really talk about it but then the people that I did disclose to I ended up having like a really long-term relationship with one of them and and really finding out a lot about myself so I think that's when I learned okay if you kind of give everything about yourself and you know you're honest about yourself then you'll have a better relationship rather than just sort of casual sex or, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. And, you know, that's true for anyone. It's just that I'm sure in your mind, maybe as a teen, it felt like an extra hurdle. And especially with someone speaking badly to your partner. Oh, yeah, it was horrible. And then it just makes you feel that much more insecure because like, you know, you're, you're already insecure as a kid. Right. Um, especially about things like technique and you know, there's always something that people pick up on. And yeah. and for that thing to be me, it, it just felt horrible, like yeah. for me, but more for him. Like I more felt sorry for him that that it because I could kind of handle it. Do you know what yeah, I mean? But yeah. that's a lot, you know, it's already a lot to navigate, isn't it? Like growing puberty, sexual feelings self-esteem you know hormones moving around it's already a lot and then there's that extra bit to navigate but it sounds like although it's been tough obviously now look at you yeah you're, you're like a sexual advocate you know yeah this is the thing like I made I made I don't go on TikTok very often but I've made one once and it was talking about like basically that that moment where he got bullied and I think they said something like oh at least I don't fuck and I'm not going to say the word but the word that's like linked to disabled people that begins with an R in wheelchairs um and it was like a horrible thing to him yeah to hear no to me as well because Mm. I shouted just basically he was getting sort of bullied and I just shouted to the guy you're just jealous because you haven't done anything just leave it and he said at least I don't Mm -hmm. fuck here in wheelchairs and so I was like, wow. So then I went into my lesson and my heart was going like crazy and I just felt so upset and I'd never heard that before. But it's taken me this long to think, wow, if that guy could see what my career is now and what it's all based on and I wonder what he's doing. (laughs) 
there. <laughs> Nothing like you. Nothing oh, like God. you. Oh, God. You used all that, like, um, fertilizer to become who you are now, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, I experienced you as really bubbly and, and open, and like you said, rebellious, and like, this is who I am. You're like, yeah, I'm in a wheelchair, and I like sex. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And like, you know, um, my identity now is a huge part of my career, not just at Heart Octopus, but at all of my jobs, because it's so important to me if someone wants to work with me, they've got to be on board with who I am. And that sounds like a really kind of up yourself thing to say, but it's so true. I've spent too long in my career working in industries that I feel like I don't fit in or I feel like I'm judged. And I just don't want to do that at this stage. Like, I just want to work with people that are on my on my level and uh, are supportive. Yeah, and and why wouldn't you? And so, just before we end, tell us more because I know you've got like a bunch of businesses and jobs, and tell us a little bit more about the other things that you have a finger in. Yeah, sure. It naughty. <laughs> <laughs> So obviously Hot Octopus is my main my main squeeze at the moment. <laughs> but then on the side of Hot Octopus, um, but also obviously running the podcast for Hot Octopus, I must say, um, Pleasure Rebels, I host the podcast. You're going to be on the podcast in a few weeks as well, which is exciting. Um, so yeah, on that podcast, we just talk all things sex. And even now it's kind of gone into dating and communication and things like that. So it's not just like really out there sex there's something for everyone really and then with not for is my my company that I started in lockdown so we are a recruitment company for disabled people that is based highly in the creative industries so we do things like voiceover talent illustrators film directors all amazing disabled talent and we place them on the creative freelance projects we also do like long-term recruitment as well and we've got quite a few big partners now that that we're doing that for but my specialty in the company is the creative projects and I absolutely love it like we're so happy to you know for example one project we're working on at the moment it started off as like an internal information film about disability in the workplace and it's gone from that to being a three-year online that's really exploring like the nuances of disability and you know how disabled people feel in certain situations as well it's so interesting I'll definitely link it when it comes out but just that just shows how good our creatives are and how they can transform a project from lived experience to make it something that it never could have been otherwise so I'm so passionate and so proud of all our talent and all the clients that are working with us at the moment and then I've got my own little company on the side which I do all my like consultancy work through which is called Heim Group with that company my dream is so at the minute I'm using it for kind of my freelance writing media appearances and things like that but my partner's looking to start blacksmithing which is a pretty old school but um So he's obsessed with like Norse mythology and stuff like that. So Heim obviously means home. And so we've we've set it up as a group so we can hopefully have loads of little family family businesses through there. And hopefully the boys can join in when they're older too. But my dream with that company is to ultimately one day, I'm going to say this and manifest it, own a restaurant. 
<laughs> just oh. yeah just a, a really small restaurant like just where I can just cook I love cooking you've probably seen from my Instagram I'm cooking yes. all the time so when I can cook like really hearty old school meals and feed people and like I'm talking like 10 years like when I want to calm down and chill but that's like my dream for Heim Group. But at the moment, yeah, it's just the the kind of holding company for all these other side projects that don't really have a home yet. <laughs> that is amazing. I don't know how you have enough hours in the day with little I boys know. and everything. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I don't either. Um, and that's the other thing. Yeah, sorting out their schedules is is insane. Like they, Hunter's in nursery like two days a week. And the rest of the time he's with Josh or our parents. And then Mason's sort of in school. He's in preschool. So it's kind of, he doesn't do a Wednesday. So he's with my mum today, but it's pretty much school hours. But then that's only till half three. So it's like, okay, uh, I've still got to work for another, like, however many hours. So yeah, it's it's a, a pretty mad life, but you know, we're making it work at the moment. <laughs> Well, I love your enthusiasm. And like you said a few times, how much you love work. And so because your work is so interesting and involves all of who you are, then it must give you energy at times as well. It does. It does. I mean, yesterday, like, so I had annual leave last week from Hot Octopus. So just from Hot Octopus, because obviously my other companies, I can't really stop working because I have to. But like just taking that out of the equation, it was so quiet so but coming back to that on Monday I was like oh dear like this is going to be a stressful few days but yesterday it was just you know you have those days where it's like meeting after meeting after meeting and I was by the end of the day I just said to Josh we're just ordering a takeaway like I'm not cooking tonight no 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 I need to chill yeah so it's it is a busy life but I think I wouldn't have it any other way yeah it sounds like that sounds like you love it and I'm I feel really inspired by you you know to to get a few projects off the ground you know why not right we've got this one might as well live it is there anything else that I didn't ask or that we haven't brought up particularly around sex and disability that you feel our listeners should hear I mean I think for sex and disability, I think that it's really important to acknowledge disabled people as sexual beings. And if you haven't considered or, you know, ever dated a disabled person, then look into why that is and think about it because, you know, disabled people are just people. I think there's a lot of worry around offending people these days. And, you know, saying the wrong thing, which can often, you know, stop people from reaching out and stop people from engaging because they're so nervous of doing the wrong thing. But disabled people are interesting. Disabled people are amazing. And disabled people are often confident with the way they need to do things, you know, in terms of if you are worried about, do I need to help that person? It's very likely that that person will already have a means of helping themselves, whether that's a PA, a piece of equipment, whatever. That is not your issue to worry about. Um, So I think just really embrace the community. Try and just treat disabled people like you would treat anybody else and get to know them because, you know, we're massive problem solvers. We've lived full lives. We have a lot to say. I think give it a try. You never know. Your soulmate might be disabled. <laughs> it might be the person you're looking for. <laughs> that is beautiful. That is really perfect, beautiful advice. And I'm so glad that you said all of that. <laughs> oh, thank Kelly, you. I could talk to you for hours, 
Um, I'm going to let you go. We'll link to all the places that you are in the show notes. Is there anywhere off the top of your head people should find you? I know you're on Instagram a lot. Yeah, I'm on Instagram probably the most out of all the socials. So my Instagram, it's really annoying to say it's at Miss Kel G. So it's M-S-K-E-L-G-E-E. So you can find me on there, obviously over on Octopus, Pleasure Rebels. You can find me anywhere. I'm everywhere. <laughs> I'll put it all in the show notes. You are everywhere. I'll put it all in the show notes and people can come find you all the various places. Amazing. Thank you. I can't oh, wait. Thank you so much. Thank you so yeah. much. And I'll see you at the festival. Yes, will do. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Sexual Alchemy Podcast. I'm Rebecca Lowry, and I am super excited to invite you to the upcoming online Festival of Sexuality. It's taking place online April 7th to the 10th, 2022, and you can sign up for free on my website and using the link in the show notes below. I've got an incredible lineup of superstar presenters with fascinating topics around sexuality, pleasure, intimacy, and more. It's free to sign up and you'll receive news, special offers, and everything you need to join us for four days of fun, learning, discussions, and celebrating being the magnificent sexual being that you are.